too. Medicine men. Having read a book about medicine men, I asked some of the older men about them. There were several practicing medicine men on the reservation, or so someone in the Indian Service Hospital had told me. The comment amused these men. From their perspective, there were no medicine men on the reservation, only fakers. Thomas Primo, a Primo originally, and George Prentice had a background and family training as Indian medical practitioners. I knew Tom, an elder in the church, especially well. He could give an Indian identification for every plant I ever saw there. If it had any medical uses, he could cite them. He knew about a rare one or two with hallucinatory properties. These latter he never discussed in front of other Indians or children. True medicine men, it was said, had given way to the white man's doctor because he knew more than the Indian practitioner. This surprised me, but I soon came to know the hard-headed realism of most of the older men. They had no loyalty to the old ways, per se. The white man's gun was far superior to the bow and arrow. Why not his medicine also? Many of the older men regarded with contempt the romanticism about the Indian past, shared by many whites, as well as by younger and radical Indians. They did not identify their Indianness in terms of artifacts, and it annoyed them when others did. Commissioner Collier was regarded with disgust by many Indians because he wanted to Indianize the Indians. The older men believed that Collier was a fool who would lead young Indians astray. At one reservation in the Southwest, as I recall, an old Indian told Collier that they were ready to go back to the old ways when the white man returned to the spinning wheel and the covered wagon. They saw nothing exclusive about the benefits of the white man's civilization. These were advantages available and beneficial to all. No one could have been more unsentimental about the Indian past than these men. In one notable exception, the Paiute leader, Padacap, son of Chief Padacap, idealized the past but others held his claims as a ploy in demands for more land for the Paiutes. So the Shoshones alleged, and some Paiutes admitted. In brief, these old men liked modern conveniences and advances, including modern medicine. They spoke respectfully of the old-time medicine man's knowledge. They knew that the agency doctors were often inferior to the doctors outside of the reservation, although the nurses were usually quite good. All the same, they recognized and appreciated the advantages of modern medical practice of nurses and hospitals. A stay in a hospital was a treat. Their respect for surgery was great. People who despised such things were fools, and the old men were annoyed that anyone might suspect them of such foolishness. What, then, of the so-called medicine men practicing at the time? Most were peyote leaders. Peyote was administered as a wholly healing medicine. It tended to paralyze the digestive tract, or at least deaden it to pain, I was told. The patient usually felt no pain and assumed that he was being healed. If the patient grew weak, and death seemed certain, the peyote healer would become indignant at any questioning by the patient or his family. A quarrel would ensue, and the healer would say angrily, Take him to the white man's hospital and see if they can do any better. The patient would be taken to the hospital, and soon would die, confirming the healer's prediction. The hospital staff dreaded the coming of peyote-drugged patients. They could usually identify them by their distended stomachs, in which undigested food piled up because peyote hinders digestion. They could not refuse such patients, but they knew most would die in their rooms and give the hospital a bad reputation. There was another kind of practitioner. How deep his roots were in Indian history, I do not know. Discussion of these men was avoided unless no one else was present. These medicine men, if they could be called such, and Thomas Primo and George Prentice simply shook their heads at the idea, I would call a cultist. They had strange powers I cannot explain. One of them, A.C., could pick up a rattlesnake, 
chant to it, hang it round his neck, and not be bitten. A.C. could do things that baffled any normal or, quote, scientific, unquote, explanation. What I do know is that A.C.'s powers were of no advantage to him. His eyes never seemed to focus on anyone to whom he spoke. He could not function too well, and never looked normal. His wife and children also had a strangeness about them. Like other Indians, he lived in a one-room log cabin with a dirt floor, but his was a life more abject than that of almost all others. My conclusion was this. Demonic forces are more able to manifest themselves where the power of Christ is either new or absent. The earthly ministry of our Lord quite obviously precipitated demonic activities unprecedented in previous biblical history. In the 1920s and 1930s, missionaries who had entered new areas in Asia and Africa talked at times of strange and demonic manifestations. Some who were physicians simply shook their heads in amazement at their bizarre experiences. As Christianity waned in the U.S. after World War II, there was a revival of occultism and evil manifestations of the kingdom of darkness. Some things I witnessed or heard of on the reservation were not amenable to any natural cause. Reality was obviously far broader than my knowledge or experience. What I did know was that these strange powers emphatically did no good to those who used them. People such as A.C., and there were several, but I knew him best and he was not hostile to me because I helped his children, had unusual powers, and they themselves were the primary victims of their practices. I stayed away from such men. Tom Primo quietly told me that they were not good people to know or to offend. Men such as A.C. were, quote, Indian, unquote, in a fanatical way. They sought to blot out the world of the white man. I have often wondered if that is not an aspect of the demonization of our own culture. When men turn their backs on Christian civilization, see only the evil in it, and try to abstract biblical faith and morals from themselves and the world, are they not courting the demonic? A.C.'s world had no room in it for anything good. The heirs of the old-time medicine men respected the old practice, and so were very favorable to the white man's medical practice. But why he's occult practitioners had no connection with the old-time medicine men. Tom Primo said in effect that the occultists had no history in medicine, yet they pretended to the deepest roots in the care of health. But their roots drew from a well alien and dangerous to man's creaturely condition.